Welcome, Trollsters. This is Matt, and I'm going to give you a little intro before we get into this week's podcast. Basically, to tell you to go to bcroadshow.com and click on Get Tickets, because we are coming to the eastern U.S. That's right. Nate and I both are going to be playing music and talking and guest appearing on the Bad Christian Podcast, which will be live in different venues on the East Coast and kind of in the eastern area. I'm going to tell you where. We're coming November 8th to Nashville, Tennessee. Then we're going to North Carolina, Virginia, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York, Pennsylvania, again, Ohio, and Kentucky. If you live in any of those states, it's between November 8th and November 17th. We're going to be on the road. So please come say hello. It's going to be an awesome, awesome time. It's called the Bad Christian Road Show. It's going to be a concert where Emery plays, Sherwood plays. Tyson Motzenbacher, who's been on our podcast, plays, and Vocal Few. My wife, Christy, and I are going to be playing songs, so it's going to be a big jam session at the concert, but before the concert, we're going to do a live podcast, we're going to do a mini conference that has, um, we're going to have live panel conversations, and then we're going to have breakout groups about anything, tons of different stuff, like, um, let me see here, what are we going to talk about? What are our breakout groups about? We're going to do music business stuff. We're going to do community building stuff. We're going to do DIY stuff. We're going to talk about podcasting, whatever you want. We're going to have a breakout group for it because we're a bunch of, uh, I don't know, jacks of all trades, masters of nothing, but, uh, willing to chat with anybody who wants to hang out. We're also going to do a meet and mingle, which is basically happy hour. So if you want to come grab a drink at the bar, uh, I think, the um, the all day minicon ticket, uh, the doors start for that at four o'clock. The show is at uh, six thirty, so it's an extra two and a half hours of awesomeness if you want to go. bcroadshow.com. That's bcroadshow.com, and click get tickets. Get your tickets to these shows. They're going to be super fun. On the podcast today, we have uh, a couple conversations that we recorded. They are about, well, basically random band stories. So one is with The Guns from The Guns Show. He's a New York uh, radio slash podcast MC, I guess you call it, DJ. Uh, he's been interviewing bands in the Sherwood and classic crime scene uh, since, you know, the mid-2000s and hanging out. And he's got the, he's got an East Coast uh, vibe to him. So prepare uh, your ears for some Wild profanity. <laughs> I was very entertained by it, but if you're not entertained by those things, you know, you can just skip forward to the much more calm, much more mature fatherly figure in Dan Cassidy. We talk about um, Dan's band, The Fold, which uh, Sherwood and The Classic Crime both toured with back in the day, and what he's doing with Ninjago. Yeah, it's the Lego thing that he's uh, he's kind of done a bunch of songs for them, and it's blown up on YouTube. So pretty interesting stuff. We go back into a bunch of history. Uh, between our bands and, and just random coincidences and experiences from the road. So if you're into that kind of behind the scenes, what it's like to be in a band on the road, this is the episode for you. And again, if you don't like um, guys saying the F word a lot, you can skip forward to Dan Cassidy. He's a very, very clean, mature mouth. Uh, can't say the same for the guns, although he did really entertain me. All right, that's it. Enjoy the show. Hey, I, 
I fucking miss you, dude. What the fuck? When are you coming back to New York? Um, uh, this fall maybe. With uh, um, all of us are actually going to be out. Um, there's like oh, a cool. I don't know if you listen to like the Emery's. Do you listen to the Emery dudes podcast at all? Not their podcast, but obviously I'm familiar with obviously the band and shit though. But yeah. Yeah. Well, they have a big podcast and they kind of started their own label and we're all actually going to be on a tour this fall. I think we're going to be in um, New York. Hey man, fuck yeah, dude. Sounds good. Hell yeah. All right. I have 23 minutes. All right. So let's go, baby. (laughs) (laughs) That New York lifestyle. Yeah. Cause I, I wanted to do it, but I got, I, today's a fucking crazy day. Cause it's the weekend. I just saw Morgan Freeman just got in trouble for sexual harassment is nothing sacred anymore. Yeah. I there's like eight, eight people. And I got just, and I got destroyed by the fucking Taylor Swift people last night. So my life is falling apart. Yeah, so let's, let's talk, go, baby. Let's, let's talk about strong. that. Our, our podcast is called don't feed the trolls. And you've had two tweets that have gone viral lately with, with Katy Perry <laughs> and against Taylor Swift. Let's talk about that. Now, Which are you the- trolling or getting trolled? What's the what's the haps with this? I'm getting destroyed, but it's because people are fucking idiots. All right, here's the thing. <laughs> Katy Perry, look, look, Katy Perry. First of all, I can't stand Katy Perry. She was cool. The only time Katy Perry was ever cool was when she did the Vans Warped Tour. Yeah, we the- she we shared a stage with her. My band, The Classic Crime, uh, shared a stage with her, and she was very cool. I can I can attest to that. Well, that's fucking awesome. Uh, all right, so she was cool back then, right? Like she was a homegirl. Like yeah, it's like she was down. She was playing beer pong. She was hanging out. <laughs> beer pong. Yeah. Now she sucks. <laughs> handedly, Katy Perry single handedly ruining American Idol. Nobody cares about that show. Apparently, they had the season finale. I didn't even know it was even fucking going on still. But fucking, so she sucks. She's getting like fifteen or twenty five million dollars to do that show. Then wow. she goes to this thing called the Met Gala. I live in New York City. I've lived here my whole life. I don't know what the fuck the Met Gala even means. All I know is like people walk in with all these like elaborate dresses and shit, and then they go inside, and I don't know what happens inside this secret society. Like mm. once they go inside, there's no cameras. I don't know what the fuck goes <laughs> uh... on. And so she, and so, so this motherfucker comes out with like these wings and like trying to be like an angel. So I fucking call her out on it. I'm like, she's trying to call Oh my god, dude! I I fucking these fucking lunatic fans, dude. Like they come out and they fucking they search for her name. So anytime somebody tweets something bad about her, they uh-huh. go nuts about She's it. She's got an army of trolls. So, yeah, dude, dude, they're nuts, man. So single. The best part is one by one from whatever country each person was from, they they did their country and said they'd never heard of me. So I had Chile to informing me that they never heard of the gun show. Brazil, uh, somebody said like Narnia from fucking you know the, right. the line the witch in the wardrobe. Yeah. So fuck these people, man. So they, the internet tweeted, sucks. So they tweeted, <laughs> "Who's this guy? I don't know him from Narnia. Who's this guy? I don't know from Chile." And they just trolled you from every country. I loved I loved Olivia yeah. Munn's dress. Where or was it? Was was that her name? She wore chainmail because um because she really loves the Crusades. <laughs> Yeah, people yeah, were like, eating her up for that like, too. Where's her army of trolls? Oh, it's a fucking bad. <laughs> and then last yesterday, I, I I went after Taylor Swift because, you know, you I'm sure you guys never paid for meet and greets. If you did, then like, all right, you guys paid for meet and greets. It's fine. Right. But I was talking with my buddies from the main, their band, et cetera, and right. they don't do paid meet and greets, and they mm-hmm. think it's a dumb idea. It's like if you want to meet the band, like go meet the band. 
So I just casually looked up fucking Taylor Swift, and her VIP packages go for up to upwards of nine hundred dollars. Holy cow! Hundred motherfucking dollars, dude, yeah, sure, and it yeah. doesn't include a fucking meet and greet. What? So no I went meet and greet. And oh my god, I've gotten destroyed by her. So I will tell you this though: yeah. uh, we do uh, we do a meet and greet that in, that includes a ticket, but we do. We do like a like a Q and A and photos and and hangouts or whatever. And honestly, if we didn't do it, we wouldn't make any money on the road. It would just all go to the venue. So like the only reason we do it is because it's literally like the forty fans who really really care always pick it up and always and always support right. it. So, but nine hundred bucks for not even a meet, not even I a meet and greet. On and I was like, I go. My whole point was nine hundred bucks is fucking insane. If you're paying nine hundred bucks, you damn well better meet the band or wow. meet the artist. What the fuck are you paying nine hundred dollars for? You know. Yeah, yeah. And then I also wrote that like, you know, meet and greets are fine. Like, you know, if people need, if bands, if my friends need to make money, then like, yeah, if there's a demand for it, then you know, obviously, you know, supply it. Then now, right. I have no problem with it. You know what I mean? I just think it's like crazy that like. Fans like you know sometimes won't stand outside the buses anymore. Right, right. Well, like, she, bus, yeah, she's making know? she's that's, making that's millions funny. of bucks. Why does she need to charge yeah, nine hundred bucks? Yeah. yeah, we need you to make all the money you can so you can keep writing fucking awesome music, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you just exploded right into it, Guns. You're you're just you're just all about it. You're just you come on the mic and you're just ready to it's go. It's almost like this guy's on the radio often. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell I've, had, I've had one or two, uh, one or two uh, tryouts before with this whole radio thing. I That's guess. Good, so one know? thing I like, one thing I know about you, Guns, is that you've managed to pull off something that not many people have. Is that you're friends with all the bands, and that doesn't happen very often. How do you maintain a friendship with all these bands? Because it's a competitive world, the all dog eat dog world, and you somehow managed to do it. What's your secret? I think my secret's just fucking being me and just being real. You know what I mean? And trying to have like the best interest for. Uh, for the bands out there, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like a lot of the bands is like inner drama between bands and like scenes and, and territories and all this shit. But for me, it's just like, yo, fuck it. I don't even give a fuck about that. I just want everyone to have a good time. And if you see me, it's like, all right, let's crack a beer. Let's fucking go, baby. You know, <laughs> I love you. You are, uh, you are you for sure. You have your own brand. You, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have time for fucking bullshit. So it's like, you know, like, like, you know, like, you know, I'm a cool laid back dude. I fucking say things the way they are, but I also just want everyone to have a fucking great time. Like if you're in New York city, that's my, I'm there, yo, let's party. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, not everybody gets to, uh, not everyone gets to mingle with the bands and have a good time. I mean, a lot of times those types of people are sort of loved and hated. It's like, Oh, what's this guy going to say about me? Or is this guy really my friend? Or is this guy just trying to get something free out of me? But you've been you've been right. able to maintain some kind of like the bands trust you, they want to talk to you, they come on your show. Can you talk a little bit about that and then um, talk about your show and uh, kind of what you do, how you got started, and then we can kind of bullshit from yeah. there. Yeah, no, well, I mean, here's the thing. So when they started the Gun Show, it was before podcasts were even podcasts. I started uh, on Adobe Radio like whew, nine, eight, nine years ago um, when I was in college, and uh, before that, I had like done like the street teams like. Got the records and like Heath from the band Midtown was my guitar teacher when I was in like middle school and stuff because my dad taught him in for science class and he's and my my dad was like oh my son's starting to play guitar and Heath was in his class and he's like he's like I play guitar and my dad was like talking afterwards he's like I'll give you like twenty five bucks a week to 
to give him lessons for like 30 minutes. And that was fucking heat for Midtown, yo. So I started at like a young age, like in the pop punk scene because, you know, that was like the drive through, the vagrant, the victory era, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, eventually like none of my bands worked out. So I wanted to go to like a broadcasting side where I could still help promote bands because, you know, bands got music on me through all sorts of shit. I'm sure with all of us. And so I started doing the gun show and, uh, it's just really taken off. Like when I first started, it was like, I had a couple hundred listeners just because Adobe radio had like, was known back then for like, uh, streaming shows or whatnot. They were like the only ones doing it. Uh-huh. And, um, I was terrible. I was fucking awful in the beginning, bro. <laughs> Some might say I still am awful, but like I was really fucking terrible. I would only come out of one ear because my settings were all fucked up. So if you were listening, <laughs> only hear me on your left ear. And like, there's nothing more annoying than only hearing out of one channel, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we all you got to start. Yeah, you got to start terrible. I mean, if you, 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 you're never going to start at all unless you start bad and be bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the that's the rule. It was definitely rough. And then I just, you know, I just started, you know, I called some favors in from like some bands that I knew. So my guests, my guests in the early stages were like, you know, Gabe from Cobra Starship or Midtown or like the starting line or like Finch and all his fans. So I was like, I never really asked them for anything. All I ever wanted to do was just hang out with them. And like, you know, I never asked for like plus ones or, you know, I, I just want, you know, I was just boys with them, whatever. And then when I started the show, I was like, all right, now let me call in for a favor. Come on my show. So my guest list in the beginning, like, made me legitimate. And then, you know, as far as, like, maintaining relationships, it's just about, you know, I'm not going to fuck people over. I'm not a fucking drama king. I'm fucking just, I just, I'm straight up just me. You know what I mean? I love music, and I love going to shows, and and whatever. And I yeah. fucking love Sherwood. But I still don't know if it's Sherwood or Sherwood. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. about the music, not the name, right? Where you are. I think in the UK they call this Sherwood. <laughs> Yeah. Sherwood Forest. Sherwood or Sherwood. I've literally done multiple gun show episodes anytime I played your songs and gotten into uh, talks about this with the audience. If it's Sherwood or Sherwood. I think Sherwood. I, sh- I sure would like to see those guys again. That's the. Yeah. Uh... You're from the UK, man. That's, but but that's it's, what it's Sherwood Forest, though, right? Well, that's what the UK kids call it, and that's where it's from. So probably it should be Sherwood. But it's like, yeah, for us, it was Sherwood. I don't know. Sherwood just... sounds pretentious. Go. Sherwood. I must say it's a good day. I yeah. love it. Love That's it because good, good tune. I love it because um, <laughs> you got drunk and texted me my own lyrics. <laughs> and then, and then at the end of it, end of the lyrical string, and then he, he texts drums, bass. <laughs> <laughs> Thread, Yo, that's like, so true, dude. I fucking dude, you're 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 mad talented, man. I've told you this plenty of times and stuff, and it's cool that we've become friends throughout the years. But straight up, dude, there's nothing better than being blacked out drunk, playing like randomly playing your Sherwood song, and then being able to text you at whatever hour it is, singing your own lyrics to you. So <laughs> that is my <laughs> that's the goal. Congratulations. How many, many band guys, uh, you know, it's funny. Most band guys are hit or miss on that kind of thing. They either love or hate their music or they feel weird about that kind of thing. It's like if you did. Oh, yeah. And I don't give a fuck either way. I'm sure, you know, you know, the people I, people probably hate me for it. They're like, Jesus Christ, dude, grow up already. You're, you're singing a song from 10 years ago to us. <laughs> what's your best, what's your best text drunk story? Which band and when and what song and why? Tell us it. It's got, it can't just be Sherwood. You've been doing this to everybody. Oh, I've drunk texted some people. I've, well, my favorite is, 
all this said, so from the sickest kids have been my boys or whatnot, but Caleb switched his number. And for a while, none of them would respond to me because they, they, they had broken up and like none of them were talking to each other really. So I put them all in a group chat, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> they hadn't talked in like two years. And so I put them all in a group chat only to keep singing their lyrics to them and just yelling at them for breaking up. So, and then Caleb eventually switched his number. So some new woman got this number and she, and so, but she was still on the same group chain. So she'd be like, who the fuck are you texting? And I was like, shut up, Caleb. And it <laughs> over and over. It'd be like 3 a.m. And I'd send them like YouTube videos of them performing in like 2011, like on a stage, a live show. I'd be like, yo, you guys really crushed it here. This woman would be like, I'm trying to sleep. I have two babies. And I'm like, yo, what up? <laughs> Check this band out. I love it. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think at some point it's all flattery for the artist. You know, they like to, even the artists that have moved on, it's like kind of what they're known for. And they, they move on. People still text them. Like people still mention their names. Um, it's, it's, it's flattery. Like, uh, my buddy called me the other day. We talked about this on the podcast several times. Matt's tired of hearing about it, but the singer of one Republic dropped, he dropped in an interview on, on a big podcast. He's like, man, I remember when one Republic was nothing. We, we opened up for some bands. We opened up for Sherwood, that band from California. And uh, wow! And my buddy texted me. Oh yeah! He's like, dude, One Republic remembers opening up for your band. That's weird. And, and I was and just like, and the funny thing eh. is, you probably don't remember them opening up for you at I all. Don't yeah, because you're a, you were a dick. I thought that was hot shit because I, you know, 300 kids were coming were, were coming to see my band. I thought we're huge. You know, I don't watch like, the openers. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I, I'm sure like some bands, obviously when it comes to music, you don't want to live in the past or something like that. But like also when it comes to music, it's like if you had like uh, a positive impact on people's lives, which, you know, you guys and, you know, some and a lot of artists do like it's cool to, you know, be put back down to earth and be like, all right, this is kind of cool. You know what I mean? Rather than being like tired of it. I'm sure if it was anybody else texting at all hours of the night, especially when some of these band members have kids now. If it was anybody else, they would fucking hate me. But I think it just comes with just knowing me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they're they're yeah. just like, oh, it's just gun. Like, it's motherfucking gun. Like, how can you get mad at me for that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're like this all the time? Or is this when the, when, the, when, the, when the button is red, are you just turning to guns? Or are you just guns 24-7? Tell us the truth. I'm, I'm, I'm literally guns 24-7. Um, obviously. Like, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm... I'm I might well, be a little radio voice, more tame you know? depending on the settings or whatnot, but like, yeah, dude, I'm fun. I'm fucking awesome. But like, I'm also not going to like go as a guest <laughs> onto like a tour bus and like be that asshole and destroy shit or like cause problems. Like I'm in that situation, like I'm chill and calm, but I'm fucking me, man. What up? Let's go. <laughs> I think it takes that kind of energy because, you know, sometimes when you're an artist, you're on the road, you need someone with some energy to kind of get you to rally and have a good time. Uh, you'd be surprised, oh, yeah. though. We're all out of juice on the road half the time. And then you're just like, ah, all right, got to get up, got to do it again. But guns, you just right. come prepackaged. You're like a, you're like an energy drink, just ready to crack open and go for it. There we go, dude. I'm the ultimate hype man, and you, you damn right because people, when they come to New York, they're just like, oh, where are we get to see guns? Sometimes they're just like, oh, fuck, we have to hang out with guns. But I'm sure majority of the time they're just like, hell yeah, we get to see guns. Or maybe they're like the other way. I'm not really sure. 
But yeah, man, I try to brighten their fucking days up because, you know, the, the road life is hard. And people forget, dude, it's a big country out there. And you guys are fucking driving through, like, you know, seven, eight-hour rides and just fucking hating everything. So yeah, anything yeah. to brighten up your guys' days, that's what I'm here for. Well, I mean, it's 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 good. <laughs> it's needed. It's necessary. And it's a, it's a skill. I think so many bands, you know, they see people, they're excited, and then they run out of juice. But the gun's always ready to grab the mic at emo night. And just go crazy and let the crowd know they're having a good time. I think I think that's hard. I run out of gas a lot. I don't have natural I don't have endless amounts of energy to get excited about stuff. It's just not in my nature. And I think that hurts if you're a band and you're like a connector and you're a friend guy and you talk to people, it really helps your career. The bands that had one of those dudes in their bands got so many more opportunities because they chatted with everybody. Everyone liked that guy. And then they got asked to go on tours. They got asked to do all kinds of shit. And sometimes I'm like, man, if I was just way more outgoing, who knows what would have happened to our- <laughs> I thought I always thought you guys had so much hustle. I mean, that was just my perspective. Is, is that what we're blaming it on? If you were more outgoing? <laughs> yeah. I think I, like you guys were always just getting free things, like free cell phones, free buses. I mean, I just saw the all-time low dudes hustle. I thought I hustled, and I saw those dudes hustle. Well, they got more free stuff than you? Yeah. As hustle. They made friends with everybody. I was mm. like, man, they made friends with that band? How'd they even talk to that band? That's just, you yeah. know, they were, they were hustle, yeah. hustle kids. Yeah. And I, th- I think we were hustlers, but I, I don't think that we liked, I don't know, there's like a, there was a fine line of like, we have, you know, we, we, we're not just going to make friends with anybody. We kind of have to like their band too, and whatever. I don't know. It was just... It was just dumb. It was just dumb stuff. I just like I think I ran out of juice. I just I think you just have to be more loving, accepting of anybody in a band who's trying to make it. Shit. Let's 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 hang out. You know what I mean? Like let's well, not yeah. be judged. And the thing with you guys though is like you guys also. You, I mean, you people people think oh being in a band is so easy and stuff. I mean no. I mean whether it's the the long rides or like missing home. Also like the label and the fucking manager, like all sorts of bullshit you have to go through and you can't always be all happy and giddy and fucking, Oh, all smiles because fuck that. I'm sure if I'm in the middle of fucking Montana, I'm hating my goddamn life. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It depends. Sometimes if Montana I, was nice. If I'm on <laughs> in Montana or like Kentucky, I probably hate myself. Kentucky's, yeah. Kentucky's different. <laughs> I think it is the dive, the dive shows. And then just like the, the crowds that are kind of like, there's often times where you're just like everything goes wrong that day and then some days everything goes right. I think that when everything goes wrong and then on top of that your fans are just kind of looking at you like uh you're like why did you pay money to come here again? Like you just look like you guys are dead out there. <laughs> it's hard not to even just call them on it like wake up you idiots. Enjoy this. You paid right. for this, you know. So guns, I'm I'm a little. Listen, everybody can't be happy all every fucking second of the Except day. You guys, you know, Except the, you. The, uh, you know, we can't put like false uh, pretenses or expectations on fucking humans, or even if they're in bands and shit. Like shit, man. Like they're humans as well. That's why I try to relate to some of my audience, or also the Taylor Swift fans. Those stupid fucks. <laughs> um, well, you're not attacking a human. You're attacking a god, and that is that's on a religious <laughs> level. They take great offense to that. Do you know what they fucking said? At one point, it became this whole thing that I'm a racist because I didn't mention Beyonce. Instead, I went after Taylor Swift. Oh. Because they also charged us for her VIP packages. And I go, you motherfuckers. How <laughs> the race? I go, I don't care who the fuck it is. I said Taylor Swift. 
and then, and then to piss them even off more, I go, I they're like, well, Demi Lovato charges up to ten thousand dollars, and I go, yeah, but Demi's cool and she's better than Taylor. And that oh, ruined. that'll do it. My god, my god's better than your god. <laughs> yeah, and they, all those fans are fucking nuts, and they hate Demi because in real life, Demi and Taylor hate each other. Oh. I was like, Demi can do whatever she wants. You know what I mean? And that they were just like that triggered them. Oh, god. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I have a question because I'm, you know, I have three kids now and I'm out of the, you know, I don't really know what's cool. Do you have any bands that you're listening to right now that, you know, because you, you, you stay connected to this, the music scene and what's going on. Do you have any bands that you really like right now that not a lot of people know about? I can tell you bands that I fucking love uh, or that will become huge. Uh, uh, yeah. But that aren't like, I mean, all right, so this band Pale Waves they're getting a lot of buzz. So people, some people probably know about them, but they're not just huge just yet, but they're going to be fucking massive. They did, uh, they opened for 1975, like a year and a half ago. And then they just got signed and they just did their first U S tour. I think it's going on right now. Just saw them in New York. They're going to be fucking massive. Everybody from the industry was out to see them. It's a female lead singer. got a very cool vibe. They're called pale waves. I love knuckle puck. Um, I mean, a lot of people know who knuckle puck is. They've been doing headlining tours and shit like that. I fucking love them. I love the guitar work, and I love uh, I love the lead uh, singer's vocals and shit. Um, I love the new John Mayer song. I don't know if you're familiar with John Mayer. <laughs> the song, it's beautiful. Is he gonna blow the fuck up? Is he is he the next one? I think he also was banging Taylor Swift at one point. So <laughs> get him on your show and ask him. Poor <laughs> Taylor. Yeah, but but yeah, no, like a lot of the Pale Waves. I think I mean they're gonna be massive. Um, Huh. No, you have like Judah and the Lion, but that was like, I mean, he's that that song's not pretty big now, but um, I mean, it, it's hard. It's it, it's just hard because like you also have like my buddy Little Aaron out there, but but that, like you know the rap rock post Malone type stuff's trying mm. to come back, or everyone's trying to be like him now. It's not really my scene, but like I'll fucking listen to it if I'm trying to get drunk and like want to have a good time. But uh, I'm not up to date on all of that as much. Just because there's so many names out there that I'm just like, rather than like you, I'm I'm used I'm used to fucking bands out there like touring in a van and you know working their asses off and building that foundation and that relationship with fans and like and then the fans be, think they're you know part of the family with them and whatnot. Right now, you like I have no idea who the have who the fuck hat these people are. And I work in the goddamn industry, both broadcasting and also music industry. I don't know who the fuck hat these people. I was watching the Billboard Music Awards. I go, who the fuck are some of these nominees hmm. but it doesn't matter because they're going to be done after one song a lot of these people are like who i don't i don't even want to spend the time to get to know you because you didn't do it the right way so fuck you right you it's know? sort of like an overnight thing on soundcloud and boom they're there yeah and i mean to each their, like to each their own that's cool like uh you know cheat codes is a great like you know they, they're solid and like captain cuts as well but like I don't know, man. Like, I mean, but they were also like in previous bands and like had been producing for a while. But like some of these people, I don't give a fuck about you guys. Well, it's funny. (laughs) Like we were just, we just did an episode before this in the, with the producer. And he said that most people latch on to music in their, in their youth. And once they latch on to that music in their youth, they kind of keep, they keep with it. Yeah. Like age 12 to 18 or something like that. That that is when it matters. So the music we loved when we were younger is kind of the stuff we stick with now. And uh, so you're just waiting for that. You know, for me, it's just like, when's that next Jimmy record coming out? When's the death, next Death Cab record coming out? The stuff that I listened to in college. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, I'm thankful that some of those bands are still making music, but we were talking about how, like, 
you know, uh, there's just too much shit coming at everybody that you go back and the nostalgia is kind of coming back. So I'm thinking this East Coast tour with Sherwood, it might be a great time because everyone's doing the same thing you're doing where they're just like, who are all these bands? Let's just go to the Sherwood show. They're in town, you know, and it's like they go back to high school or college and they just have a, a, a fun time. But I think it's too, it's just overload. People are overloaded with too much junk. They can't process it all. There's no way you can listen to all that music. I mean, I feel this way when I go on Netflix. There's just a billion new shows. I'm like, how in the <laughs> Dude, hell so can you true. sort through this? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, you always want to go back to those good times. But yeah, there's too much out there. There's so, and it's it's hard to uh, differentiate between, you know, even when it comes to news, when it comes to politics, when it comes to all that stuff. So, it's wild. So and you're in the but, you know, listen, game. man. I'm stoked to fucking see you here on the East Coast. So let's party for the show when you come out here, dude. Oh, dude, we're gonna be there, and Matt's gonna be there actually too. Uh, you're, uh, there's gonna be, I think, the dudes from Emory, Matt and his wife's band, and then this guy that opened up for. Uh, you know, uh, Jude and the Lion. Did you see them? This guy Tyson Matzabacher opened up, and he's gonna be on that tour too. But oh, nice, dude! Fuck yeah, yeah dude! Well, so awesome. Well, listen, I'm fucking stoked for all of this. Uh, we should have you guys on the gun show. We should do this in reverse, like uh, you know, sometime like later in the summer, so we can fucking promote what's going on and stuff. And also, let's fucking yeah, get drunk. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thanks. And I know it's it's been 23 minutes, so you got to roll. You <laughs> Listen, I fucking love you guys. Yo, good meeting you, or not even meeting you, dude. If you were on that fucking world tour, obviously I'm familiar with your band. I don't know if we've ever crossed paths or whatever, but uh, we dude, might have. We might have out to New York and let's party. I'm sorry that you had three kids, but <laughs> get- <laughs> well, on tour, I don't bring them on tour, so I should be free. <laughs> All right, man. Just text me your number, and, and if you ever need somebody to text you your uh, lyrics at any hour of the night, I'm your guy. Oh, All right? Sweet. So. Yeah, I've been needing a guy for that. So thank you. Yes, I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it does the gun show, and obviously, yo, you guys fucking rule. Congratulations also on the success, obviously, with this. Uh, it's been building up for you, so uh, props on that, my man. And also, thanks for being a homie, dude, throughout the years, dude. Oh, yeah, Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Where can they find Go you on man. Where can they listen to your show and find you on Twitter and stuff? Uh, it's Guns with a Z, so everything's The Gun Show. You can go to The Gun Show. It's on Adobe Radio, but just go to thegunshow.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, The Gun Show. Yeah. Guns if you're a Z. fan of Taylor Swift, go shit on The Gun Show. There we go. All the info's there. And also, if you're a Taylor Swift or Katy Perry fan, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that East Coast attitude. That's good. (laughs) Keep it real. All right, guys. Do the best. Take care, man. Oh, man. That was wild. He was was on fire. That East Coast bro. I mean, he had that down. Remember that, like, that was, like, one of the first, like, viral memes from YouTube was, like, these these guys. uh, It was, like, the sun. I, I wear my sunglasses at night song. I forget the name of it. And this dude's, like, Yo, bro, this you see my new haircut? This is my new fucking haircut. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. You remember that one? That's yeah. who he reminds me like he could just do that character really well. I mean, he's so great at like he's like a classic, like um, you know, he's, a, he's like a study of how to do something right because what he does is he's always done this every time I talk to him. He compliments you really well, which mm-hmm. every. Every artist loves that. He fluffs you right up. Yeah, yeah, fluffs you right up. But I mean, I, I don't. He's a think fluffer. He, you know, it's, <laughs> it's it's, but it's so quick. It's so fast. Like, hey man, he kind of remembers the bullet points of things you're up to, things you're yeah. doing, and then knows how to. Re- 
he's really talented at that. And I think as you know, radio show or as an artist, you kind of want to be remembered by those little bullet points that you do. And uh, so I, anyone out there wanting to start a radio show with artists or anything with artists, just compliment the hell out of them, and you'll probably do pretty well. Yeah, they'll like they'll like to have you around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very insecure people who love compliments, just drinking yeah. it up. I mean, we all are, right? I mean, <laughs> you start band is because you kind of like, you know, you think it's all about all the, the cool stuff, but really when it comes down to it, you're just as insecure as the next guy. Um, sure. What do we do? 30-minute Trolls episode? That never happens. That yeah, never that was, that was quick. I love it, though. I love how it just rattled off. He was just right into it. He, it was like... It's it's a different it's a different voice the radio voice you know what I mean yeah. it's not like it's not like podcasting voice it's just like welcome to the radio show welcome to the company it's just like those guys have some talent yeah those that's true serious talent that's I think true. they're different they know you what know. to do they know what to do when the red light's on so much energy could you imagine just going to shows and partying with bands in New York like, yeah I don't know if it, I just don't know if that can if he can if if it ends positive. The guy's got to have, he's got to have some balance in his life. I mean, he just seems really intense. Like, oh, I know, but it's like, it's, it's, but it's like what you need to live in New York City. I and guess he, like, he matches, he matches the, uh, the drapes, as they say. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, the background yeah. is, is, is this hustle bustle city and it's about social connections and he just, he's playing that game and he's doing well. So, yeah, good for him, he's a very friendly guy. I, I, I really like talking to him. <laughs> yeah, 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 he's friendly. It's just hard. It's like, uh, dude, I could barely do the tour. I could barely hang out with our fans and do the thing. And uh, there was always bands in town, and it was like, oh, you know, so-and-so's playing over at the other place across town. You want to go? And we're all like, nah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I always felt pretty selfish with energy. I just didn't have a lot of it. And I yeah. definitely didn't have a lot to, like, bullshit all night long with sure. so-and-so band. You didn't. You didn't. You don't strike me as a guy that did either. Uh, I can. I'm a pretty intense guy. So if people are staying up, I'm usually staying up with them, because uh, I just don't want anything to end. But I've had to over the years. I had to tame that down. That's what I'm saying. Is it like eventually my voice would start going out, or I would just start feeling bad, and so I'd I'd have to take care of myself and you know have my me time or whatever. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I have the propensity to just be the last person awake at all times and whatever anyone's doing usually the first one in line to do it but you know for years for for a few years there i wasn't that way and then well, i remember we were at this um theme park up in um new england somewhere and it was this massive six flags i think it was and everyone's like hey we're gonna get free rides to all the we can get cut in line at all the rides and i was like nah i don't want to go and then like everyone was going so i was like ah okay i'll go and then I had the most fun I've ever had on tour. We just went into the front of every roller coaster and rode it like six times in a row. And I was like, I felt like a kid again. So yeah. so I, I go through phases where I'm like, I don't want to do anything. And then I kind of like pick myself up. I'm like, actually, I had fun. So, you know, you got to sometimes you got to get the you got to kind of self-motivate and then you actually have a good time. That's what I've learned anyways. Yeah, yeah. no, that's true. I mean, you, you're pleasantly surprised sometimes you got your comfort zone. It's amazing. You get this routine and band guys just don't want to do anything. They just want to sit in the bus and fart around. But yeah, I mean, I remember one, one time we were at Lollapalooza and a bunch of my buddies from Michigan drove down 
And uh, it was the night before Lollapalooza, so we were parked backstage. We were hanging out. And I was like, we can do the thing where we, like, wander around backstage. Like, I get you guys in, and we just try to, like, you know, bullshit with whoever. Or let's go down to the pier, get one of those glow-in-the-dark Frisbees with the lights in them, and just chuck it off the pier and dive into the water and catch the Frisbee. And they both looked at me like, what a random two options. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I just have a feeling like we're going to have the hell of a time if we just get a glow-in-the-dark Frisbee and go to the beach right right there on in Chicago on the water and just chuck it. So we did. For like two hours, we were throwing this Frisbee off the docks and trying to trying to jump off the docks and catch this Frisbee in, 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 in Lake Michigan right there and just having a hell of a time. It was fun. And yeah. then today, they still text me like, Remember we were at Lollapalooza? And we're at Lollapalooza of all places. It's yeah. not just like – it's like tons of huge artists. Sure. But you've, just, you've did, done that enough, it, you know? Like you've done the bamboozle or the whatever, you know, <clears throat> where you walk around and try to talk to whoever and meet whoever and go to the Red Bull bar and whatever. It's just that whole thing where it's like, yeah, I feel like playing Frisbee. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, it's like being being a kid again. It's like the funnest things are sometimes the most simple joys. Like oh, let's go true. roller coasters. Forget well, the this. roller coaster. I thought, oh, I'm not gonna like a roller coaster. It had been like ten years, twenty years, maybe. I don't know how long it'd been, and I felt like I was flying, and I was in the front, so there's nothing in front of me, and it was just like the view of of the world coming past me in three dimensions, and yeah, yeah. I was soaring, and it was just like unbelievable elation like a child again just laughing hysterically on a roller coaster and i was <laughs> like this is what it means to be alive and i'm glad i didn't just sit backstage wherever i was and like you know ate frito lays i'm glad <laughs> i'm glad i'm out here doing this thing because geez yeah so. i i you know i i find myself as i as i get older realizing that i like to organize free spontaneous events yeah impulsively yeah college we used to just go to the beach and we just drive to the beach in the dunes and then we would play capture the flag we would buy two glow sticks and then you would have you know you put it in like a a water bottle and then you had on two separate dunes and then you played capture the flag and i would get like 25 30 people just to go to the beach all park yeah get out play capture the flag and you know girls guys everyone and we would just play for like three hours just running on the dunes right and or even i would even get guys like dan coke to come who's yeah. like his who's his, historically complaining about his back or something <laughs> like, even he was into the physical exertion yeah, for the fun yeah yeah i remember like oh this is this is this is fun sometimes it just takes a dude i don't know yeah. how the hell we got the subject just well, you get stuck in certain things and, and not having energy, and, and you get stuck in a, a a frame of mind, especially when you're touring. I mean, you were, we were just talking about it with the guns about, um, you know, sometimes days aren't great, and sometimes you don't have the energy, and, you know, you need a little pick-me-up, and you need a little idea, and you need a little youthful, childish outlook, like, hey, what if we just impromptu did this game right here? Like, yeah. Just little things, like trying to, trying to flip a, a half-full water bottle so that it lands you know upright like that you can you can spend an hour doing that with your with your band and that's that's more fun than sitting around on your phones you know yeah yeah and the thing that sucks about it are you there yep thing that sucks about it is everything just becomes expensive when you get older 
Yeah. It's like we have to do, we have to go out, and the only way we're having to have fun is if we drop fifty bucks at the bar. It's the only way we're gonna have a good time. Right, right. Daniel what? Cassidy. Ah! Was I supposed to hit video? I don't know. No, no, no. no. <laughs> My videos doesn't work, so don't worry about that. Oh, gotcha. yeah. This is like the funnest episode. We we interviewed this guy, uh, Mike Gunzelman from the Gun Show. Oh yeah. Like he's like, but he only had twenty minutes, and then you were texting me like, "Hey, I'm ready to go," and I'm like. Well, shoot, we'll just do two guests in one episode. Why not? Make it <laughs> Is that what's happening? Yeah. Oh, nice. Dana, yeah. A, a, a dude, I, I, um, we just did an episode on singers. It would have been good to have you on that because uh, you obviously are a singer and have been a singer in bands. And I said on that episode something about how someone on the road gave me the Melissa Cross Zen of Screaming MP3s. Okay. And I was like, I don't remember who it was. And then as Nate I, mentioned your name to me today, I was like, oh, it was Dan Cassidy. Like when you, you said that. I'm like, that might have been me. But it, then I wasn't sure. It yeah. was you. It was you. Okay. And so I'm sorry I didn't give you credit in the immediate short term. But here's credit. It's coming back around. Thank <laughs> you for giving me uh, some some vocal warm ups, because otherwise I would have probably demolish my voice long, long most before things, I, I did most yeah. things you get accused of doing on the road you don't want to yeah, that, yeah. that wasn't me i didn't do that no, no, no. no I, was, I wasn't even there yeah <laughs> <laughs> just, he's just got good in denying things no no i didn't do, uh, no i didn't hear yeah. i didn't know she had a birthmark I, 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 whatever <laughs> <laughs> dude dan welcome to the show we just got off the phone with like the most energetic dude ever and i feel like i got to turn on my radio voice and become something i'm not because it's just amazing keep the energy uh, going we've been texting and twittering about um talking about the fold your your band and how it kind of took on a life of its own in a completely different direction than what you started it out it unfolded do. oh it unfolded oh he's he just left he just he's left gone it. he's like fuck this i'm out <laughs> Uh, so I don't know if we could talk about a little bit about you, your history. We can kind of catch up how we all met and then you can talk about that if you want, or you can talk about whatever. Cause we were just talking about whatever. Yeah. It's up to you. <laughs> yeah. Tell yeah, us, no, tell sounds... us how the fold started. Oh, right now. Just jump. Well, in. I don't know. Okay. You know, <laughs> abbreviated. We're already warmed up. Why aren't you warmed up? Come on. <laughs> yeah, you guys are amped. Um, uh, yeah, well. As as I kind of blew my cover a minute ago, I've I've been listening since you guys started, so it's it's, it's always good and uh, be encouraged because I I get a lot out of it. Oh, so. thank you. <laughs> yeah, oh, you listen to this show, you crazy, <laughs> crazy man. You. <laughs> we interviewed One Brad. And he said he listened to it too, and I'm like, people listen to this crap. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys are getting all bummed out on that singers episode. I'm like, guys. I'm like queuing up like five podcasts and, and you're one of them. And so, oh, yeah, you don't need you. to cut yourselves down. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you. But, uh, yeah, but, uh, I, should I really say like kind of where, where the fold came from? Well, <laughs> you all, can, you don't have to, but like, you know, we, you could say we were all on tooth and nail. <laughs> yeah. You know, you guys was, had a yeah. veggie bus. That was the thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, he did. Did do the veggie bus thing, and I believe Sherwood did as well, right? Oh, we wanted to. I went on tour with you guys, and you guys were like pulling grease buckets out of your trailer. (laughs) Yeah, they had a. For those who don't know what we mean by veggie bus, it's uh, the biodiesel. So they had like a diesel engine that burnt vegetable oil 
that they would I, th- I believe you can tell you can tell them dan did you get it out of the back of like chi- chinese restaurants yeah yeah it was it was a crazy thing um all kind of driven by our uh drummer who was like all about it so we're like all right if he's gonna do this and it's gonna save us money let's go for it but uh it, it just became like a lot to deal with and <laughs> It, he actually ended up quitting the band kind of because of the <laughs> yeah, that, stress of it all. That was the tour that we were on with you guys. And I remember it broke down and like, and then he just like never, he didn't come back. You guys went through Chicago and he didn't yes. come back out. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now, now that you say that, I remember like there was like one guy who was kind of the tour manager over the whole thing. And I remember walking into that beautiful club in Minneapolis. Right. And like, it was like the day Mark Rhodes just went home instead of coming on to the next show. <laughs> and uh, the tour manager goes, dude, your band's falling apart. Oh, no. <laughs> was it Cody I, or Seth? Was it, it to was, the mill? Uh, I think it was Cody. Cody. Yeah. That was, he was uh, Emery's tour manager. Yes, exactly. I, I, I'm laughing just because the... <laughs> Absurdity. Well, it's just like we because you saw Mark every day work, you know, in the coveralls working on the veggie bus. Oh, yeah. and, then it, and then it breaks down and he's done. He's not in the band anymore. He's just out. <laughs> yeah. He just goes home. Hey, guys. So strange. Walking that way. One of my favorite fold memories, if we're going to start digging up the fold memories, was playing a basketball game in Canada with you guys outside Jesse Giddings' front yard. And Keith is is catching the ball and passing the ball while smoking cigarette. And he, <laughs> he's like playing sports smoking. And I remember thinking, <laughs> he put the cigarette down. He just keeps smoking it, passing the ball, and shooting the ball. Is that, is that the yeah. Chicago way? <laughs> no one's, no one's going to mess with him in the paint. He's got a cigarette coming out of his <laughs> Stick it in your eye. Yeah, just seeing this picture of him like shooting a ball in the middle of the game and one guy's going crazy and he's just got his cigarette going <laughs> and like what when were we in canada together that is so strange we played a show in canada was it just a festival maybe it's like a it was like this guy jesse giddings who went on to be the vj of like the biggest rock show in canada oh. curly hair guy that drove a vw bus picked us up at the border do you remember this Anyway, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, welcome to having too many experiences in your right, 20s that you yeah. don't remember anything. Yeah, but I remember hard drives are full and they're in the closet somewhere. I haven't checked. Yeah, them out. my my <laughs> friends do make fun of me about this. They're like, remember when like on the front of your kick drum, like yeah. I was a drummer in another past life. And they're like, remember when you put like I'm available or I'm unavailable or something like that? And I just could. I had no idea what he was talking wow. about. He acts like I let him down. There's always tours where like one guy takes a a a shit ton of photos, and that was this tour. And so I was like, after the fact, I was grateful for it because he documented so many things. And there's this picture of Keith smoking a cigarette, shooting a basketball, while there's like blurry figures running everywhere and (laughs) in photo. And I just looked at it years later and just started dying laughing, like (laughs) smoking in the middle of the game. But anyway. Uh, you guys were in Canada. We did play shows together. My name's Nathan Henry. If you forgot, <laughs> hi Dan. I'm uh, my name's Matt. We also played shows together. My band was called The Classic Crime. We we toured a yeah. lot. <laughs> I believe I gave you some MP3s of Melissa Cross. Yes, you gave me some MP3s. At least you can remember Melissa Cross's name. 
because she's spoken to your ears. Are you at you're at work right now? Are I you can... like are you got hiding behind the bushes just trying no, to? No, no. My job basically like I I code emails like HTML and CSS, so I could actually be doing my job like while I'm talking to you guys but at this one specific second it was like team status on a Skype call so it was like uh, how yeah could not do both in that one instance yeah, um, what, we, so so you're you're into coding is that what you do for like a, a yeah. regular jo- day job yeah which is funny because I always like since even pre the fold um, I was in a band called show off and it was like kind of that DIY thing that I hear you guys talk about a lot where it's like, I don't want to like have to bother a guy to update our website every time. So I'm just right. going to learn how to do this. And it's been funny because like my wife wanted to be able to tour with us, you know, before we had kids. Um, I love your wife. By and the so way. She's great. she, Oh, we love you guys. Yeah. It's, it's a mutual respect. <laughs> and love. I, I don't know that I've gotten to meet Nate's wife, but yeah, we, we remember, uh, yeah, Matt and Christy just from the early tooth and nail days, and really that tour just she was out there. Yeah, she was but, merching, uh, merching it up. We we were we yeah. were the ones with our wives out on the road. That must have been it. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. Long story short, she started like a freelance um design kind of thing, and so I would freelance for her from the road because you don't make any money in a band, and uh, then shortly like I was kind of like full in doing music and trying to make it just a music thing right before we had kids. And then it was like, you know what? This would work better if like I finally had a day job and didn't have to like pound the pavement as much. What was and the then, music you were doing before you had kids? Um, It was weird. It was like uh, we were almost like what I think Dan Coke does. Where, uh, yeah, we were doing a lot of that. And we kind of got in with uh, this like, multi-millionaire out of Milwaukee who would just like hire us for things. Like there was one year we wrote two songs for each NFL team. So it was like a crazy oh, wow. assignment. It's like, oh, let's see what the uh, Steelers are all about. So we'd like research their culture in Pittsburgh and write the song. And Wow. Yeah. So th- they're, they're out there somewhere, I believe. And they're being licensed <laughs> to potentially... Uh, well- it was kind of like up to the teams. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it wasn't like exclusive, like, oh, now you have to use this as your song. But there were some cool things that came out of it. Like um, the we have some footage somewhere where like you see uh, the Broncos coming out to like a song I wrote. I was like trying to rip off Rage Against the Machine. Nice. And, uh, and so it's like my voice and it's like this, uh, we're going mile high. <laughs> but yeah so like some cool yeah successes like that but mostly it was like the first time i like made a wage for recording music which was right yeah and then as as i started to say shortly after that it was like you know i don't want to like always be it's a hustle it's like real estate it's like you're only as as secure as your next deal yeah and i i tried that before the fold between bands what haven't you done dan cassidy Uh, i was so bad he doesn't remember he doesn't even remember i don't know i don't know (laughs) probably Uh, everything (laughs) my wife will tell you though like that was my least favorite dan when you were real estate agent (laughs) least favorite dan agent dan yeah, I was like too young to actually own a house, so like people were like, "Who's this kid?" Yeah, and like simultaneously like feeling like that 
thing you feel in your 20s where you're like, I'm going to be too old to be a musician soon. It's all just trolls in your head. Right. (laughs) Those were fun. I I have so many good memories of you dudes. I liked all your your bandmates and you collectively. And that's so rare. It's always like... There's just that one dude in the band, which is that 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 thing that you tweeted at me the other day. That was hilarious. I tweeted about bass players being unknown. No one knows who the guy's name is, and you were like, "But that dude, that dude's great." Really nice, so, really nice guy, though. <laughs> whatever his name is. <laughs> whatever yeah, his name is. Exactly. That's not so important. But he's a great, dude. He's down to hang, though. He's <laughs> always down. The fold went four for four, dude. Four or five star guys. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, man, we broke down plenty. I, I feel like all of our band members, I don't know if there was anyone who didn't like each other, which is pretty rare. Just, so hold on. Where did, so how do I get to the, is it Ninjago or Ninjago? How do we get to that point oh, in, your, in your career? Yeah. Can, and can you remember? Yeah, I guess I guess I was getting there. Um, <laughs> I do remember. So out of this same uh, thing where we're like in the studio, like I think my daughter was just born, so this was like 2010. Okay. Um, I got one of those like random Facebook messages. I'm sure you guys get these where it's like, "Hey, we got this thing, and it's it's not out yet." But and like he mentioned Lego, but the word Ninjago meant nothing because it wasn't a show yet. Right. And uh, like a real random way this guy found me, he's like, hey, your friend Mike Kramer is out here in L.A. with me, and he says he played with The Fold when he was in a local band. And the guy's like a composer now. He's, he's Oh, wow. Huge. Um, he did like Tron and all these crazy things. Holy cow. But so he's like in at the ground level of this show called Lego Ninjago, there's a demo floating around that um, this guy, Jeppe Rittervold from Denmark, who is the reason they got a Lego show, um, because Lego's from there. Oh. Um, he wrote this song, and, and this guy, Mike Kramer from Downers Grove, Illinois, who's in L.A. now being a composer, says, hey, my, my friend, I had never met him before, um, or that I remember, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he says, my my." friend's voice would be great on this and he's in this band called the fold so the guy checks me out and it's like then i get this cryptic facebook message and i'm like yeah i i'd like to do it and like i did have access to this studio because of the you know the nfl stuff and the jingle stuff we're kind of doing licensing and um so i'm like yeah i'll sing about ninjas and i'll, I'll spend like exactly two hours on it and i'll auto tune so i don't have to sing really great <laughs> and uh the whole thing just like i don't know it had legs so <laughs> that song that i sang on um i should ask this earlier but are you guys hearing me okay yeah we're hearing you fine hey, yeah. i'm trying can to talk it? into my you can nice sing it oh <laughs> <laughs> no but but i just you're gonna back up from the mic and be like here's how it goes ready uh, yeah i like to hear it here it go <laughs> um but yeah so I distinctly remember like being in the back room at the studio and there's like, you know, other guys working there and I'm like, they're going to, they probably think I've like lost my mind. I'm back here at like 10 AM seeing about like fictional ninja characters. <laughs> um, but yeah, that actual demo was in the pilot season and then it did so well at the show. I, I, maybe this is just like how Lego works where everything they touch turns to gold. Um, but 
uh, it was in the show. And then it was like, okay, now we need to do this right because it's like a successful thing. Wow. So we got to be recorded and, uh, CLA himself, Chris Lord LG, um, mixed the recording and then like, we went to Denmark and like filmed a real video. So all Wait, this you, is happening. You got to go like, to Denmark too? Yeah. Like just to film a video. That's so awesome. that, that was another really strange thing is like, we're just there to film a video, which isn't like a real commitment. So we're like, all right, let's try some, uh, Copenhagen beers. And <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Love it when a plan comes together. Always I'm wanted to go to Denmark. Let's see what the Lego people are up to. <laughs> right. Imagine though, like, uh, I guess if you know you're you, you do this brand for so long, and then like someone said, oh yeah, Sherwood. By the way, we got this uh, we got this new uh, toy thing coming out. You want to you know, and then all of a sudden it kind of goes that direction. Is that hard yeah. for you to like think about it? Like, well, the, the, I put out some records with some stuff that was totally yeah, yeah. Different, totally different connection. Yeah, that's that's a great point. Um, with me, I've always been bad at having any kind of like foresight <laughs> for anything. Like I remember when the fold was a band like before tooth and nail and it was like, I wasn't uh, a Christian at the time. And so like, I remember when I became a believer, people were like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, you, this is going to really like change the brand of the band. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't like, I don't care. It's right it would have ended and now it's going to continue as something new. And in a way, um, when this happened with Ninjago, the fold was like in a weird spot, like, you know, the, the whole scene we knew and I would say loved, but like loved slash hated, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. kind of just like disappeared overnight. And Nate, um, you talked about this on one of your first episodes where you were like seeing like a therapist or some kind of counselor in Nashville about this kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the kind of crap why you guys are are doing doing some good work because like I never heard of that and like really listening to you guys was therapy in a lot of ways. But like I never I would have thought like oh that was just like a a weird thing I went through and like suck it up, but. I've heard other people talk about that since and like, I don't know. That's just cool that you guys are. You talk about sort of like the, when, when the dreams die and, and you're, you're sitting around going, what now? Or, you know, yeah. Yeah. And just like, you know, even like, you know, being in a van with these guys and just Mm -hmm. the whole scene that we, we knew it was like all, all the bands broke up and in a way Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was just like, what was that? Right. So yeah, it, it, it takes a, I mean, Every time, and I say this to people, every time I call one of my old bandmates, we can't help but like get into one of these riff, riff, riffing stories of the path. You know what I mean? Like, remember that time when you were, you know, you pulled your pants down and you were hanging your ass out the window and that cop drove, you know what I mean? It's just like, we have all these stories. And the funny thing is, is like the last Sherwood tour we did with everybody from Portland to Seattle, there was all the all the wives had left for some reason in another car, and it was just all five of us. And then like the opener band, who was a solo guy, and someone just said, "All right, guys, it's been like ten years, and there's all these fucking secrets that nobody's told anybody about what happened on the road." And for two hours, people were just saying what happened, at, what really went down over the course of our whole career, and we were laughing. 
like we had never laughed before. It was insane. It was like, remember that girl and that shit? And we were just like, no, you know, <laughs> and, uh, because it was like the end of like, it was like our last tour as like Sherwood. And it was like kind of some cool closure. I mean, we still do some stuff, but it's just Dan, Joe and I now. And, um, it was just funny to kind of like have that moment where everyone's like, oh yeah, like these are all the stories. This is the truth of everything that you were just sort of afraid to say it, but it, it felt like the, it felt like a good end to me. I yeah. feel like every band needs something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's something about coming back to it fresh. I mean, like, you know, you could go on a two week vacation and have a little bit of fresh perspective, but yeah, when it's been years and you're like, Hey, you know, I really do still like all you guys. Like we created some cool things that were like, you know, therapy for that time in my life. So like you're thankful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Especially when the story is about Jared Leto. That's always <laughs> such a good one. Oh, uh, yeah. This I had to, yeah, I couldn't remember his name for a second. I would have. <laughs> I couldn't remember. Brought that up earlier. Yeah. Do you remember your kids' names? Do we need to have an intervention here? We <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. So, we're, we're watching Memento right now. You got tattoos all over your body with. Yeah, you need to. Yeah, that's the problem when you have this. Like I just heard, um, and I talked about it earlier. Uh, uh, Steven Tyler on Joe Rogan's podcast and just have a, he talks about how he doesn't remember anything. And you, you got to imagine the guy's 70 years old and he's been doing this for four decades, like the band thing. So he met, he writes all these notes of like what he's done in the last two weeks so he can remember because he can't, it, all of his memories just toast. Like he just, he remembers people, but he doesn't remember like, that could have happened that could have happened and you, you factor in the, the fact that he was on drugs for you know a good portion of that until the 80s uh you know but i don't know people don't understand that still they don't understand that like you've just had the same experience the groundhog day experience like 50 times or 50 times 50. I've, I've read that all just stems from cooking with aluminum pots yeah, no, it's just not natural for people to have <laughs> it's the whatever the number is you know with 150 people they call that the something number. Too much aluminum in the head, dude. That's what it you is. You only have the capacity. You've only evolved to have the capacity to have relationships with 150 people, which is like kind of this special number that they they had Roman soldiers would like command that many people. I don't know. The oldest guy in the Bible lived till he was like a thousand. That dude must have known a lot of people. <laughs> Methuselah. That was his name. He knew a lot of dudes, Matt. Yeah. I think I think he has some sort. I'm not going to argue the the literal uh, age of Methuselah <laughs> with you. Let's say a guy did. <laughs> she probably. Why not? Why couldn't he have? He would have been like, man, when I was 175, there was a young well, girl. And, you know, but like, if you got an old guy and everyone's dying at like 28, you know, he could basically just tell all the new people he's a, he's a thousand. <laughs> And they'd have to believe him. No, no, no. Just imagine <laughs> it's literal. If it actually happened, just imagine being 600 and all the stories you have would be insane. You that would just would be for, you would forget them all. Just but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, if, you can, can, if you can live until you're 900, you you're you, you got to be able to remember what's going on. I I would uh, imagine you would age normally, and at 80, you'd be at peak age, and then you would just stay there for 800 more years. <laughs> every 10 years would be a hundred. Every 10 of ours would be a hundred of theirs. So if you're doing well now, when you were 300, you're still a 30 year old. So you're still 
you're still rocking it. Anyway, so anyways, Dan, what do you think, Dan are Cassidy? We talking, are we talking <laughs> literal years or are these like uh, literal days? Or? Figurative. Yeah. <laughs> Dog years. I mean, Guys, put it this way: I, I think we've all lived a, a figuratively or metaphorically uh, several lifetimes, just as far as the experiences go. I just got a notification: your 100th episode just came out. It did. Oh, <laughs> right now. <laughs> Woo, pretty cool. Well, Sorry. thanks for being here for the celebration. Yeah, I feel like uh, I'm going to toast my coffee. Though, too. <laughs> so what do you do? Do you do, you do the ninja, Ninjago stuff anymore, or what's with that? Yeah, um, it's like I uh, kind of started to say. I, it's Yeah, so music's kind of become like a nighttime thing for me. Um, I do the day job, and then, yeah, my brother, who wasn't in the band when we – we're touring a lot, uh, pre children's genre on iTunes. Um, <laughs> um, he's, he's still in the band with me. So like everything we do is together. We're just like, kind of like a, a combo. With whatever. Like Mark and Jay Duplass. Um, you don't know who they are. <laughs> are they, they did a show called togetherness and they're, they're on a bunch of different shows together. They're brothers. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like, uh, we'll, we'll work on that. We'll work on, you know, we've done a lot of music for the Cubs and just, you know, whatever little passion project. Uh, he's tuning some vocals for me right now for just some songs I've written that I don't know if they're the fold or if I'm going to bust out the Daniel Cassidy title for this one and mm, do like a song. go solo never thought about doing but yeah i just think it's a fun easy time to be releasing music and it doesn't need to you happen were, you were kind of in the like the roots of like the chicago scene though and that chicago had a pretty big scene back in the day you were kind of up in that yeah well if you can remember yes, can you tell us yes, uh way way, like, way rewind um yeah out of high school i was in a band called show off that i was just the drummer and um you know saying backup vocals i always wanted to hit those uh everly brothers kind of harmonies and um so that like went crazy well um within a year uh john feldman from goldfinger uh which at the time was like his only claim to fame he wasn't a producer at all but he we played a show with him at the fireside bowl i don't know if you guys ever Hmm. had to smell that place <laughs> it's really <laughs> dirty um so he, we played a show with him and um he liked our like terrible demo tape that we recorded for free and uh he's like i, I want to produce you guys i haven't done it yet but you know i helped real big fish with their album and you know we, we knew who he was because obviously we love goldfinger so we're like yes of course we're gonna do that and uh, he got assigned to Maverick, which was like Madonna's imprints on Warner Brothers and all that. Hmm. Um, so it was it was crazy. Like, you know, we sent that demo to like 100 punk rock indie labels, like all the Lookout Records. This was like 98, 97. Hmm. Uh, 97, yeah. Um, and they all were like, yeah, not happening. This is awful. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, this guy who actually like, has a vision for it brings us out to LA and like the whole thing just happens. Wow. Um, you know, it didn't last a super long time as those things go because, uh, it was just like, you know, this band out of nowhere signs for a major label. It's, you know, it's that 1% thing that right. happens. Music. 
I know um, Maverick so, signed a lot of bands that got either shelved or, you know, didn't, yeah, didn't really get yeah. worked on. Yeah. Yeah, and really, like, this is why the, the tooth and nail thing was kind of hard for me, too, because it felt like life repeating itself. But um, the they kind of ended up going with Mest because I think, do you remember that band Mest, M-E-S-T? Yeah. We did yeah, our yeah. first nationwide yeah. tour with Mest. Oh, there we, you go. We did it on their final farewell tour. Oh, it was wow. us. It was us, Scary Kids, Alistair, and Mest. That they weren't our, the best band ever, but that was, our, right. that was our first six-weeker. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and Tony from Mest would always uh, make fun of my wife, who was working merch, and make fun of us. I mean, that was the punk rock thing. Is that you make fun of people on stage. Yeah, touring yeah he gets, gets that from John, the, the hazing. They were always hazing us. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so it was awesome. It didn't didn't last a long time, but then it was like, um, you know, our singer was kind of difficult and Mest was kind of just like going with the flow. Their songs were fun. You know, they had a song called What's the Dilio? So it was like, yeah, we're going to go with with Mest and put out their second record instead of, you know, this other punk band from Chicago produced by John Feldman. Like we were the same exact story. So it was like, you know. For whatever reason, show off got shelved and ultimately, uh, you know, dropped because uh, yeah, it just wasn't wasn't happening. <laughs> that's wild. So that's I didn't know that um, that part of the story with Mess because I have I've actually been I went to Tony's house in Chicago and hung out and he's a huge fan of MXPX. So we went on tour with MXPX and Tony came out and I have the, this there was this whole thing where he had to self defense kill a guy, <laughs> like really wild stuff. And so he like told me that whole that whole story. I mean, he was in like, it, it, I always thought like pop punk was pretty friendly or whatever. <laughs> but he was into some bad like when we were on tour with him, like he had to have security guards and like some bad bad dudes were after him at shows and like he almost got jumped oh. once. And dude, there there's like a crazy scene. I remember we were we were on tour with that band over it in Salt Lake. Yeah, Salt Lake. It's all the FSU dudes or whatever. Like. Oh, the straight and, edge uh, gangs. <laughs> yeah, like how is that a? That's weird. You yeah, think well, like, your drug is anger at that point. We got we got warned that there was like several fights before we were loading in, and then we were loading out, and some hard some straight edge kids came around, and they started making fun of this fat girl, and then somebody in over it yelled at the the guy, and then next thing you know there were all these guys fist fighting outside but i literally just heard a story from the club owner that someone got stabbed oh and i was like i was like hey, you, you did like two nights before and so i was like you know what i don't really want to get stabbed over someone getting called fat i just yeah. i just don't it's i i mean i think it's a tragedy for her <laughs> but but not, not worth stabbing i'm not gonna get stabbed <laughs> over this. so i'm literally loading out the gear I've got this Marshall half-stack cab in my hands. I'm the only one carrying it because it was like a narrow hallway, so you couldn't really do the double Z. So I'm carrying it by myself up on my knee, and then I get out the door in the front of the club, and there's like 10 band guys fighting, like with these straight-edge dudes. But the funny thing is I have this cab, so every time they, the brawl comes towards me, I like shield them with this Marshall <laughs> cab. Like, oh, go there. Oh, they're coming this way. I turn the cab, and I literally probably – Dodge ten punches, holding. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, if there's a bullet and I throw this cab in front of me, will it sustain yeah. the bullet? Yeah. Those are pretty well, strong caps. Yeah, it was the best. It was the best piece of equipment to be carrying at the moment. <laughs> I literally 
shielded myself from the from getting stabbed in Salt Lake. That's insane. So it, I know. I remember just like the punk rock bands. It was like every time we toured punk rock bands, it was like there always seems to be some shit happening. What the hell? What's going on? Like, what's with you guys? Can't you just sing about flowers and sunshine like we do? (laughs) When the summer turns to fall and stuff like that. Yeah. All these (laughs) young girls will come and buy t-shirts and it'll be great. Yeah. Come on. (laughs) No, you guys had to get all political and sing about stuff and people would fight each other. What the hell? Yeah, what the, the hell, Dan? Dan's like, I don't remember any of that. <laughs> Shroff was kind of punk rock, right? Yeah, yeah. We we caused some trouble, but we were being dumb, dumb eighteen year olds. Were you? Um, <laughs> so, do you play drums still? Yeah, yeah. If I uh, would have turned on my video, I got got my drums set up here. Finally, we just uh, kind of bought a house where we can I can have a music room, make so noise. Pretty awesome. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> So you play drums on your own on your own stuff? Well, that's what I asked you. I said, "Hey, if you come on the show, what do you feel like you're an expert at?" And you're like, "I don't know, drums." No, that was a really hard question because I'm like, I do a lot of crap, but I don't feel like I'm an expert. At yeah, anything. that's that's pretty typical of people who do a lot of crap. I yeah, know, I know, because I'm one of those people, and I don't feel like an expert in any yeah. of it. It's just jack of all <laughs> trades business. But like, but you've really been through it. I mean. You had a band signed to a major, then you had a band signed again and toured, like two completely different projects. You did the Dave Grohl thing where you were the drummer first, then you had your own successful band that you fronted and write songs, and then you you know, you go to Denmark and you're 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 big yeah. you're big in the kids' music you were, for you just were, randomly. I mean, that's a lot were, of hustle. I I mean not not to mention the time he was he went by the name Sticky Fingers and he was a reliever for the Cubs for like <laughs> Those little sticky fingers. He only he only he had one hell of a curve, but the changeup was the deal breaker. Yes, yeah. you know I don't like to talk about. That. <laughs> yeah, sticky fingers. It it it, it, it stuck <laughs> the time when you used to put grease in a van. That's how they knew about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm bad sure you guys bad dad jokes. <laughs> I'm sure you guys feel the same way though. It's like. You just can't like waste your experience. And I don't know. I feel like it's all like just sitting there with random producers, like all that stuff plays into whatever. I'm. Oh, doing. it's a priceless yeah. education, right? Because yeah. how many people are paying for, you know, some college degree that doesn't give them something that, you know, obviously just sitting in, in, in a big studio with a big name producer gives you, you know, that that experience and more. Uh, you know, and then how do you not exactly? How do you say, well, I'm done with all of that. I'm not going to use any of that. I mean, it's, yeah. at some point you're like, well, it's kind of what I'm good at, and I got you know a, a world class education in it. So guess I got to do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there's, there's something there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Not an expert, but it's <laughs> it's out there. Yeah, we're. I, it's like all these band guys are jack of all trades. And I love that you talk about how, you know, coding your own website got you into coding. Because I would say making right. my own videos for my own band got me into music, oh, hey, you know, totally. video editing. So it's like, you know, yeah. I, we, Matt and I often say this, that like, we've not really had a job resume. But if we had a job resume, it would either be the best or the worst job resume you've ever seen. Well, it only qualifies. I know. Yeah. doesn't qualify Isn't that always so much. <laughs> Yeah, my little brother, um, he doesn't like, you know, know a trade like uh, this coding thing I do or video like you do. So he's like 
always updating his resume. And I always thought that was such a weird thing when you have to do that. Like, you know, in those those moments in my life where I was like, I think I need a resume and I'm going to you know, become a serious person with a real job. Um, the, the people who are usually interviewing you, they think it's so interesting that you come from this shiny music thing. Right. That that's really all they care about is like, hey, he seems to have a good head on his shoulders and he can do the thing. Right. And he'd be fun to be around or something. Right. So it's like, yeah. yeah. If you can get it's the weird. interview, you can land it for sure. Uh, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it's just, you know, it's 2 a.m. in the morning. You're driving down the road. You got to put on the tire guy, the trailer guy hat. You go out there and you. You wire up some some wires that fell off the back of the trailer, and you switch a tire. And then, you know, I remember being on. I remember playing in Jersey. I'm literally under the under the under the bus, putting a new alternator on the generator. And I hear Joe from the club. Someone opened the club door, and I hear the drum intro from like Joe playing, and the crowd cheering. <laughs> and I was like. Oh shit, we're on right now. Like I, I have an alternator in take, my hands. Take the, co- the take the coveralls off. Like I, stumble on stage. I, I just ran on stage, grease covered, and just played, and then went back and fixed the, the dinner. <laughs> I was like, "This is the dumbest de- decision I ever made with my life." Like one minute I put, I'm like a mechanic, and this next minute I'm literally it was two it was sold out show, two thousand people in Jersey. We were on some big tour. With uh, the Academy is, which is a Chicago band. Yeah. And I'm like, this is. I remember thinking to myself after the first song, like, what is going on? Like, who, who did this to me? <laughs> you're, you're a genius because uh, your stage outfit was basically mechanic. That's like what you're going. For. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember once we did that, we uh, we went through all this effort. We were on tour with Hanson to to be actually be Robin Hood and his merry men for Halloween. <laughs> and so we went through, we made all these costumes and then we had them ready the night before Halloween. And we were like, let's just, let's just wear them both nights. Why not? We went through all the <laughs> trouble. So we did. And everyone at the show the night before Halloween was like, do you guys just dress up like Robin Hood <laughs> all the time, <laughs> like a Family Force Five thing. Or... Yeah. yeah, they thought we were like a get. That was our shtick. That was our gimmick. You're yeah. like that, like four year old who wears his Halloween costume for yeah. like a month. <laughs> like, guys, bad idea. I don't think that. that I don't think that worked. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I have some stories for you, but uh, but you remember yours. The jack of all trades, man. Jack of all trades. Master That's what you learn when you're in a band. You guys were the grease guys. And then it got so overwhelming, you just wanted to be band guys. And then you wanted to be oh dad The best guy. day. Yeah. I mean, the best day was like when we bought another 15 passenger. It was like that thing is out of our life. The <laughs> like, bus. I don't, it just did not save us a penny. It was like it took years off our lives. We lost a band member. Uh <laughs> Ah, uh, <laughs> you lost a good man along the way. Yeah, it was like there was these like pie in the sky ideas, like maybe uh, BP will get wind of this and they'll want to sponsor this whole idea and they'll get a better vehicle. But it's like none of it happened. It was just a terrible energy suck, uh, and I just felt so bad because our drummer was like Invested. the one who masterminded it, yeah. and he just 
lost his mind in the process. Yeah, well, I mean, there's something about tour and the road that kind of um, it encourages obsessive behavior especially when you're out for a long time it's easy to be like i need control if you're one of those people that needs to have control you maybe you don't score so high on the open openness temperament uh like i remember justin in our band like you know six weeks on the road he would like i would wake up in the morning like in the van because we had bunks in the back in walmart parking lot and he would be up front like in his boxers reading the big atlas map we had and trying to memorize the state capitals of like every state. And then when he had those down, he was like moving on to countries. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? And like his brain, he's just an obsessive brain. And he was like, I need to have something that like centers me, something I can control. And I think it's probably, I mean, I'm just reading into it, but I'm sure Mark saw the, uh, the veggie bus as like his own per- personal project to, to, to harness that challenge and to bring it, you know, it, you know, to tame it would, would, would bring him sanity or some clarity. And then of course, when it doesn't happen, then it's like, well, what the hell am I here for? You know? Yeah. yeah and I, I felt that with, I, I didn't mean to talk so much about Mark, but I felt that a lot with him seeing, you know, a band like MXPX too. And, and seeing like, Oh, well, they're not like necessarily happy either. And that's right. like, and I, you know, thought was my dream to be like them. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it all kind of came to, to a head on that tour. Where he's like, screw this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, good for him because I could never quit. I would have like this. Yeah. I would have a loyalty uh, crisis. <laughs> I'm jealous you, you of people. You guys have MXPX. It was a classic crime fold MXPX. Yeah, and uh, a couple other bands. It was a weird thing. Like they were really trying to cram all the baby bands which at the time classic crime folds and joan zetta what was there's like one other band wasn't right? it 2006 or was it the 2007 well if it was was it the mxpx one? Oh, i'm sorry um yeah because the mxpx one was... was mxpx and uh was it hawk nelson oh yeah and then wow. it was us you guys and us and i can't remember oh sullivan maybe sullivan yeah, okay, I'm thinking of two different tours. <laughs> yeah, those were back-to-back, though. We both did them, so that's why. Well, yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were trying to cram us all on, like, different legs, and it was a weird thing, but, yeah, they were. I love it. I just love everyone listening right now. This is how blurry it gets. <laughs> and, Nate, you you didn't want to talk band stuff, so we've failed. It's only, no. it's only 12 <laughs> years ago. No, yeah. I, I mean, I try not to. I, I These are the band conversations that are fun that's getting a, it's, a, it's a seventh it's a seventh grader ago that's a, that's a pretty long time <laughs> oh man <laughs> you see these it's kids like, like the year they were born it's like what right 98 <laughs> well yeah. 98 that's old man you can almost drink <laughs> uh, we're old we're old farts we can't remember our young years we're, Gosh, uh, I hope not, man. I just turned thirty-five. I'm feeling like I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be a new man now. My old my past is behind me. I've got a whole new future ahead of me. So just, I don't know, man. If, you know, in, in, in Methuselah years, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mean, where the hell is this conversation going, guys? Where are we at in this conversation? Are we talking about band stuff? The fold? We've got. Dan has like he could basically yeah. talk about anything because he's done it all. So I mean, what do you want Dan, to talk about? 
You sound a little tired already. You sound like you just got out of the grease bus and you're like, what am I going to do with this grease bus? Well, he's at a, he's at a real job. He has something we don't have, Nate. I know. <laughs> Are you tired? You tired from the day just working, slaving away? Home. No, no, it's been good. Yeah, I'm I'm trying. I'm with you. I'm trying to see where where we're going. Um, <laughs> so I guess we we keep chugging along with the uh, Ninjago talk. So we we filmed this video um, for the the theme song of the show. Basically, it's called the weekend whip which is a song just about how like these guys are these fake ninjas are grueling through the uh work school week or something like that and they're just ready for the weekend and so it was a fun song excuse me did you say fake ninjas uh no (laughs) actually as i said that i don't remember i'm like these guys are saying the F word. I, I don't know if these kids are going to actually hear this anyway, but if they heard that, they would be so upset with yeah, me. Yeah, for, yeah, uh, But anyway, um, so that kind of bred like, okay, well, if we recorded that song, we should like back it up with like an EP and really, you know, give this thing a, a fair shake. And so we did that. Uh, my brother and I wrote like four more songs and I kind of channeled my uh, angsty 15-year-old punk rocker and uh, just wrote these like fun, almost pop punk songs more than I'd consider like the fold of pop band. These right. were very like just straight pop and fun, and uh, it went great. And now we're at a point where, um, 2018, uh, earlier this year we released something. I'm I'm looking at a pile of them here called Ninjago All Ages, and it's like almost 30 songs. Holy cow! For this thing and. Yeah, it's like YouTube in a in a weird way has become like our most important social media uh, presence just because these kids are on there and like insane. So how much there. So are you are you on the fold? Like it's this is the fold YouTube. Yeah, we just kept our YouTube. Um, as far as the music, when that goes to Spotify and iTunes, it's under like a children's genre. Okay. So it was kind of a happy accident where like you know if you're a kid who liked the 2006 stuff uh, and, you know, we've put out four full lengths so far. Um, that's still there and that's intact. Although these like worship bands keep trying to steal our name. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah. Not very Christian. Going, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's crazy. I, I'm just seeing this now. You have 102,000 subscribers. You have on these popular uploads, you have 26 million views on one of these uh, videos. Yeah. I had no idea that this was this big. This is insane. <laughs> I know. It's almost the equivalent to like those kids who open like toys. It's like, I don't get it. I don't know. No, where to go I mean, with of it. course, it's like, okay, it's Lego. So it's a huge brand. And then you also couple it with like really cleverly written good music that is appropriate age appropriate and of course yeah. it's gonna of course it's gonna be good it's not like i yeah. don't get why i get why but it's just i didn't know it was this big that's crazy i know the number we tout around is like the overall views it's like 80 million or something it's just like wow like i could put out you know a fold video and it, it won't get that action but just knowing that like that channel exists is a, is a great thing for the band so it's kind of been like you know why why end it like i can put out whatever i want oh no you're gonna get the grease fan out and get get ready (laughs) i'm going second round guys we got 80 million plays on youtube 
Yeah. We're hitting the country. Ready for my sixth life on the road. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mark, gosh. Hold it. Oh, and of course you've got a good website for the fold. Look at you. Do we? I don't know. I think you do. I mean, the, everything oh, bounced like down. Yeah. But, you know, it looks nice. Yeah. Websites are so weird now. It's like, do you need a website? Do you just put your social links on there? <laughs> you need to give yeah, yourself, it's... Dan Cassidy, you need to give yourself a, uh, a, drum, a drum credit. Where's that? On oh. your website. I only see vocals, and I'm pretty sure you play drums too, bro. Just looking out for you. Yeah. Do you guys get into the software drums? That's I, yeah. I actually just bought uh, a setup where I can mic drums finally, but uh, I've just been loving the, the software stuff. It sounds so What do you use? And, What's your plugin? Uh, I'm using the Slate stuff. It's the SSD2. Okay. Slate, yeah. I got. I, yeah. I use Addictive. Oh. Uh, it's... it's pretty good i mean it's just that's just what aaron sprinkle was using it and he was like use it it's good so it's good uh, it's just for demos at what point do we all outsource our music it's like hey you do the record i'll put my name on it <laughs> my, my daughter was getting into a uh, garage band the other day and it was scary like the things she was creating really eight seven i was like that sounds like a freaking i don't know white stripes song <laughs> wow She's just hitting buttons. She had no idea what she was doing. That's great. You gotta, you gotta like incubator. Just like sit her down for seven hours a day and just steal all her ideas. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, I could easily write to this and change the music a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it just made me think of that. And you're like, when do we start outsourcing? Uh, yeah. So crazy. So, 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 what are you doing now with this, um, this ninja Ninjago thing? I, I keep thinking Ninjago, but it's not that. It's Ninjago. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah all the dads say it. Then. Yeah. Ninja go, man. They're like another one is Ninjango. Ninjango. Like, yeah. Oh, that's really bad. Ninjango Unchained. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh it's it's kind of an interesting spot. I, I gotta be careful about like spoilers, but uh there's there's Boy, more to come, but it's gonna change. Okay. <laughs> but you're still doing so you you said you have thirty songs ready to go for this show yeah i mean that's just like every season we've released like four or five songs so they they existed they came out with the seasons like from 2010 to now and we were like hey we gotta like everyone was always asking for like a physical cd even though that's kind of a weird thing now right so we're like we kind of feel like things are slowing down a little bit like we're not doing music as much or they'll like do a season where it's like uh they'll reuse songs and so we're like, this is the time to like put it all in one spot, a, a gr- uh, greatest hits of sorts. So have they, they licensed these? They own the masters. Yeah, they would kind of like put together a little deal each time. Okay. And um, that guy, uh, Jeppe Rittervold, who I mentioned was from Denmark. He was the, the music director, is the music director. And he is our manager now. So it was always kind of like he would uh, like feed us the scripts and be like, hey, let's like, you know, write a song about this. And after a while, the main guys at Lego would, would get on a Skype with us and we'd kind of talk about what's going to happen this season, you know, some potential song titles. And I actually really enjoyed that. Like, I don't know if you guys ever got to just like take off your, like, I'm a creative artist hat and just like write by assignment. But it oh, was yeah. So yeah. Freeing for me. Like, it is. It was actually- yeah. Because there's no- no- nothing of you is in the way like your ego yeah. is like, I'm just here to use my skills to please people. 
Yeah. <laughs> right now I'm singing about right. uh, Kai, who is a ninja. Right. Cool <laughs> right. Like I was doing, I did like a, a bunch of arena folk songs with Dan Coke. And that was like, we were just listening to oh. that genre and going, okay, we can do something like that. And then make all the lyrics about like, you know, overcoming and obstacles and succeeding and winning and power and <laughs> whatever. And it's like, I don't care. Like, this is not me, you know? It, it is fun. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just kind of a, a chance to do that. And um, really coming out of that, that kind of licensing stuff I was doing that I mentioned, it was just more of the same. So it was like, all right, this is where music's taking me and I'm okay with this for the moment. Um, and then we've put out, you know, a couple, uh, we, we did the Kickstarter thing once and uh, I admire how you uh, have done it several times. I don't know how I'd ask the fans again. <laughs> I've heard you I've heard you talk about this you're like it doesn't actually work that way but it's still I'm just so scared like I never want to ask for anything like even like in my family growing up like I, I just wanted to like figure it out because I was like one of six kids yeah 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 I mean I was one of six kids too I didn't know that you came Are from a big family oh yeah. wow well actually t- six and then two two more adopted when I was like 11 so but I didn't really grow up with them but yeah a big yeah I mean it's to me, it's, it's, it's all in how you frame it in your head. It's like, it's not an ask, you know, um, it's a pre-order and people are pre-ordering the album before they get to hear it. And that's all that, that's the difference for me. Um, and if people would really respond well to a pre-order on our website better than they do a Kickstarter, then we would be doing that. But ever since we've done Kickstarters, they've responded way more. And it's been, um, it's been an engaging sort of interactive thing so they seem to like it more than more than i even do because i mean you know fulfilling it is not easy um, oh. and getting everyone's names right and do, doing all the stuff you know it's not like a super easy you know thing to do it's like it, there's a lot of obligation there so oh man i'm still recovering from the kickstarter i did five years ago <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly yeah. how i feel <laughs> it's like i still to this day it came out in 2012. Yeah, you get some people filling out their surveys. <laughs> this email from Kickstarter. Bing! You, oh, you blew George, it. George McGee just filled out a survey. And it, I'm like, it's like, no, you're not getting it anymore. Sorry, bud. Uh, what the hell? Yeah, like, every time I do a Kickstarter, someone goes five years to a previous one and goes, because they, they finally remember, oh, I backed that other one. I didn't get it. And then they fill their survey out. And it's like, well, no, now all the products are sold. Like, you didn't fill your survey out. You don't uh, get anything. Speaking of, <laughs> of MXPX and this whole thing, they just did a Kickstarter. Oh, it was huge, yeah. It was, was funny it? to see, yeah. It was funny to see Mike Carrera tweeting about this like last week. He was like, uh, like half of you haven't filled out your survey and we we're ready to order everything. And he was just tweet after tweet about everything we've all gone through of like, yeah. Oh, where are these people? Yeah. Why don't they fill out their survey? Do they check their email? Right. It's I like... know. And, they, and the thing is, like, it's so hard because they did back you. But at the same time, they didn't follow through with giving the information of what T-shirt size. So I didn't order their T-shirt. So sorry. <laughs> Non-refundable. They had so MXPX had 4,000 backers for $273,000. Oh man, that's insane! That what is, were they? What was the goal? Their goal was like fifty. Oh, geez. yeah. 
Yeah. So one of my one of my really good friends still, um, and he used to be in the fold actually in a in a past life pre-Christian fold. Um, <laughs> uh, this guy Kyle Lewis, who is an Alistair also, um, and he is he keeps in touch with Mike, but he said he saw Mike on that show with the the couple that flips houses. Fixer upper. Yeah, fixer upper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's like, I couldn't believe it. It was Mike Herrera. I gotta find that. Yeah, I haven't seen the episode. <laughs> I mean, I don't watch HGTV anymore. because um, I don't Chip and Joanna Gain. Come yeah. on. Everyone knows them. Yeah, everyone so talks about them. But... It was the last one ever I heard. The one that he was on. That was like series finale, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. They 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 blew it out with the old Herreras. That's yep. a- that's a big that's a big deal like now they're gonna have to write a song uh move to waco no uh, <laughs> move to bremerton anymore oh uh, dude it's funny because like all the wives get into that show i'm sure people listening right now are like oh my wife loves fixer upper but it is weird it's like it's a weird combo fixer upper and mxpx yeah. i think i had like several friends text me like what mxpx on fixer upper you know fixer upper is actually a pretty good pop punk band name <laughs> Fixer upper. <laughs> oh, we should end. We should end this podcast. Is what's the worst pop punk band that you were in? Name. <laughs> all oh, I got it. I got it. Uh, I'm 14. I'm learning how to play the drums with a bunch of 25 year old metalheads, long hairs. <laughs> and the band name we choose is Those Naked Guys. <laughs> <laughs> and we did it. We tried hard. We were trying real hard. I, I got to tell my kids that someday. <laughs> I, I was in a Christian pop punk band in high school, uh, right out of high school, called Fallen Short. Oh. And pretty, pretty, pretty Christian. Pretty and Fallen Short, high, man. And in high school, my pop punk band's name was oh, another, sure. an, another Dead Hero. Was that with Jeter? No, we played with Jeter's band, though. Another Dead Hero played with Josh Jeter's band. One of your guys was in a band with him, though. Uh, Joe and Josh, well, they have a great story. We were we were laughing about this on our last tour. Josh Jeter worked at Tooth & Nail Records, signed the fold to Tooth & Nail Records. Um, Josh Jeter and I's bands played in high school together in Northern California. Joe Greenitz became one of Josh's, was in Josh's band in college called The Push Game. Yes. The they were in a band together, but before that, Joe did like a Christian got re- invited to a retreat at Mount Hermon Camp in, in Santa Cruz, and Joe it was from the, like all the local Christian high schools got all the like honorary students of this like you know disciples for the future or whatever like the best of the brightest of the Christian kids got all all were at this conference and Joe's church or school guys were leading worship that weekend well josh and his friends when they all went off into town messed with all their instruments and joe josh broke joe's drums because he was screwing around with them so years later they're in a band the story comes up and joe's like yeah we played this thing at santa cruz and joe goes i josh goes i think i was there and joe goes yeah some idiots broke my drums and josh goes that was me. <laughs> <laughs> Years later, you confessed that he broke Joe's drum set. Then they were in a band together. Isn't that funny how small this world is? Oh, man, well, I hear those stories all the time. 
Oh, I heard your coincidences. Uh, just random, so random. But yeah, <laughs> then Josh, Josh Jeter played guitar in Sherwood on our tour last fall. Oh, he did. Yeah, so he's he tours with us now. So um, we were actually in Chicago. I don't know why we didn't hit you up. We were a bunch of turds. Where, where did you play in Chicago? I'm sorry, I'm so out of it. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's it's we we've come to that conclusion in this podcast, Dan. We yeah. know. Yeah. Dan's an idiot. Kind of an idiot. <laughs> no, <it's> just, Dan's <laughs> got kids, and he fell asleep on the couch. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's all those years, man, drinking beer and, and relieving for the Cubs. Sticky fingers. <laughs> yes. It just doesn't do well. Um, I don't remember where we played, but it's just I thought about – I thought about – it's it's funny. When you're at this age, you're like, if people show up to a Sherwood show that are my friends, God bless them. Yeah. But I'm not going to hound anybody to come out on a Tuesday night to come see this old bag of beans <laughs> all my balls on stage. You know what I mean? Bag of beans. <laughs> you're just like, you're just like, ah, they don't, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, I'd rather just text you and be like, I'm in Chicago. Love you, man. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. yeah. Passing by. <laughs> We've done it so many times. I mean, we were yeah. just had this on that goes out every night in, in New York and hangs with the bands. And Matt and I afterwards were like, Man, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> it sounds just exhausting. Got to have the right kind of energy. Uh, well, Dan, uh, I got to I got to run, but um, uh, yeah. Can uh, you? Uh, Nate's probably going to cut me off here and ask you one more thing. No, no, no. I'm done. I like I like. <laughs> Dan's ready to go take a nap and drink a beer. <laughs> Do I sound tired? No, you know you sound fine. Uh, where can people find you online? <laughs> Obviously, you said. You said YouTube, uh, the fold music is... Yeah, and apparently we have a website. But you yeah, have a website, it's functional, and it looks great <laughs> because apparently you work on websites. I don't know if you remembered that part of your life. Your very busy, yeah. exciting, uh, multifaceted, multi-layered life. Anywhere else you'd like to point people to? I mean, we have a we have an army of about 10, 15 people oh. that would love to check you out. <laughs> <laughs> you being yeah. And you being one of them, I'm one, I'm one of them too. Yeah, just uh, yeah, we're on uh, Instagram, the Fold Rock, uh, Twitter, the Fold, and um, just email me, fan the Fold Rock guys. He's fan a friendly, he's a friendly guy. fellow. And check he's out a, that, <laughs> check out the Ninja Ninjago code name well, Arcturus Kai oh, Chase one. That's the big, that's the big one. My Never son, heard. my son says, "Oh no!" At about I think it's one oh eight. I think that's that's why it's so big. He says, "Oh no." A, he said, "I overdubbed his voice instead of the ah, character." Was, okay. Oh no. They and forced so me to watch an entire nationwide ad, but I'm doing it right now. Okay, where are we at? <laughs> yeah, you went through that. Woo! Whoa, this is crazy. So this is like the theme song, but they just. <laughs> They're just cutting up my voice, and and it gets that many views. I don't understand it at all. It's so I'm rad. So scared by it. You did you produce <laughs> that? Oh, it's a remix. It's a remix. Yeah. So that was like a guy from some other country, but like we get the monetization. So it's like I don't know. It's crazy. Wild. <laughs> so wild. Old things. It's so Ninjago is going to sponsor the next reunion tour. Yeah all gonna yeah. just right exactly and right. that's been another weird thing about this whole thing i know you gotta go but um like we can't figure out how to 
make it a thing. Like, why can't we go tour Legolands? We would love that. But like, it's such an uncharted territory. We're right. Like, I don't. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> well, oh, well, we'll set it up. We'll set it up for you. Well, we'll charge. Yeah. We'll book the whole thing and uh, we'll sell the tickets and we'll take a little cut. But you'll you'll still yeah, be, you'll. you'll still get here. Paid. Here is your path back into another Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you know, around in. I was talking to my buddies and we made up a plan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lego <laughs> Lego Lands, here we come. Lego Land Kickstart yeah, Tour. We just do it seasonally. Sure. You, you gotta move your you gotta move your family to like one Lego Land for like three months. Oh, you... It would be amazing. <laughs> my favorite tour ever. I did like I did like the fact that on my last Kickstarter I made a joke and I think you you wrote at me like, dude, the vinyl Richie is my favorite name for a vinyl Kickstarter package. Oh, I think we might have stolen that. The vinyl Richie. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the vinyl Richie, yeah. uh, oh, like the really expensive <laughs> vinyl package. Yeah, yeah. It's to afford it. It's yeah. funny on a couple levels. Oh, it's funny When I went to pick up the vinyl from United Record Pressing, there was this big picture of Lionel Richie on the wall, walking into United Record Pressing. I'm like, I made a joke about this, and here he is on the wall, and he has this giant fro. It looks like he's got a vinyl album on his head. Anyway, loved the show. <laughs> loved that we had all these loose connections over the years. I miss all my friends. The, one of the greatest parts about doing this podcast is having friends uh, come on the show and catch up and it be entertaining for the 10 kids listening. So I love, I love that. If, yeah, if nothing else, it. it's great to reconnect. So I appreciate it, man. Thank you, Dan. Oh, and thanks for letting me... Uh, break the the third wall because i like i said i've been listening since the beginning so i didn't want to disrupt yeah i like so. yeah, i mean <laughs> i'm surprised you still talk to me after the bigfoot episodes uh, <laughs> i said third wall that doesn't make any sense <laughs> what fourth, do i mean to fourth say? wall fourth? yeah okay well we are two-dimensional right we're just audio <laughs> <laughs> yeah. drummers yeah. shouldn't try to use figures of speech <laughs> well we appreciate having you on man thanks for, thanks yeah. for doing it Catch up soon. Yeah, Thanks. All right. Take care. Bye, man.